is this evil that is among us that we sometimes can't recognize that we think we do, and we'd like to get rid of it. And Jesus warns not to do that. The, the parable itself is, uh, it starts out by saying that the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, as he uses it in that view, is like a man who goes out in his field and he plants wheat. And then in the night, the evil one comes and plants the weeds, the seed, the seed, the weeds. Now as this grows, the servants realize that there's, there are weeds in that uh, planting. And they ask the, the man, did you plant weeds? Did you have bad seed? He said, no. He said, that is the weed. And the, and the evil one came with the weeds in the field. But they want to pull up the weeds. And he said, no. The weight of the harvest. And of course, it's not until the harvest you can really distinguish between the two plants. The problem of the presence of evil uh, is, is always with us, it seems. And it's and what Jesus is warning us against is just attacking that evil wherever we may think we see it, because we may also take out the good. I think that uh, we have experienced this in the Episcopal Church. Uh, you know, our church has struggled for many years uh, around the issues of sexuality and the ordination of women. And you may have heard only uh, this past week, I guess it was, that the Church of England has ordination of women as bishops. This has been a huge struggle in our church. A classmate of mine, a woman, is no longer part of the Episcopal Church. A wonderful, gifted person. She's gone to one of these breakout Anglican groups. And it's all because of this conflict over sexuality and ordination. So I think that ultimately what's happened is that both sides have tried to lead the church. And in the process, something good problem of evil was certainly present with Jesus as he extended his ministry. If you think about just about his disciples, Judas was a faithful disciple as far as you can tell until the very end. He was always concerned about money and you know he got upset that time that Jesus wanted to spend his uh, very precious oil, uh, fragrant oil on this woman who came to see him. But uh, Judas was basically, as we understand it, was one of the faithful well, until the end. And then, of course, he betrays Jesus. Peter, we think of Peter as, as a great example of uh, leadership in the church. Uh, Peter was very, uh, had a very interesting personality. He was always out there to do things and always wanted to, to go ahead. Remember that Jesus at one point referred to him as Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And called uh, Peter a stumbling block. And then, of course, we know that eventually Peter uh, denied Jesus three times, not once or twice, but three times. The thing that I always hold on to with regard to that, and a wonderful teaching, I think, for all of us, is that we remember in one of the Gospels, Jesus is present with Mary, and he tells Mary, go back and tell Peter and the others what you have seen. So Peter is still recognized. Even after that huge failing of deserting Jesus in his most, in his darkest hour, Peter is still seen as someone who is worthy of being a disciple. And then, of course, in one of the passages in the Gospels, uh, Jesus is at table that last night with the disciples, 
And he says, you will all become deserters because of me this night. Evil, present, even among the disciples. So we should not be surprised to find an evil present among us, or where we work, or where we are in school. With all of us, there's potential for good and the potential for evil. I think we all know that. Uh, that's why we can come and say that uh, at General Thanksgiving and, and be a relief to be able at least once a week to say, you know, forgive me for the things I've done and for those things that I know I should have done, but I left undone. And then to hear the words of that solution, to remember that we have a gracious God, God Luther said that Christians are simultaneously sinner and saint. And that's certainly the case, I think, with all of us. There's a real danger in trying to weed out this evil that we see among us sometimes. I think we have to remember that also in Matthew is that uh, admonition that we should not judge lest we be judged and with the same severity. I, as I was uh, writing that, I thought about some of the people I know that I've judged, uh, some of the politicians I've judged. I'm just a confession. <laughs> it's been pretty severe. And that can come back to me. I, you know, I don't think about that at the, at the moment, but that's what the gospel is telling us. We need to be careful about judging others. We don't know what it is to be in their shoes. We don't know what life they are leading, the decisions
great reflections for preachers. And this particular week, he reflected on the lesson that I've been preaching about. And he ends it with this prayer. And uh, I hope that this can be our prayer as well. Dear Lord, our lives are colored by ambiguity. We don't always know the right or best thing to do. But we do know that your love is guiding us and that you have called us to live as your people in the world. When we face hard choices, give us eyes to see the best path forward and the courage to follow. When we make mistakes, forgive us. When we are hurt by our choices, comfort us. When, when we hurt others, help us to reach out to them in love. And above all and beyond all these decisions, remind us that you still love us and call us back to this place. We may be forgiven, renewed, called, and sent forth once more as your beloved children. In Jesus' name we pray. Remembering especially those who suffer in Gaza and Israel. 
concerns of this congregation. We pray especially for John, Gaylord, Mary Jo, Dale, Helen, the family of Lindsay, Ethel, Barbara, Cleary, Harry, Carl, Victor, Jim and Sue, Gwen, Lawrence, Gwen, Isabel and Dara, Ben, Jenny, Robin, Reverend Jim, Meg, Margaret, Michael, Amy, Spencer and Louisa, Neil, Peggy, Kevin, Sharon, Olive, Bishop Tom, Kathy, Aliona, Reverend Stephen, Susan, Deborah, Jane, Eric, Edie, Liz, those without jobs, those serving in the military, and those working for peace. Are there others? Hear us, Lord. We are grateful for the work for the work that has been done on the parish project this week. And we give thanks for the marriage of Warren Means and Kim Monterey, who were married here on Friday. Are there other thanksgivings? We thank you, Lord, for all of the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, love God, our King. We pray for all who have died. We remember especially those who have died on March Flight 17 and for their families in their grief. Are there others? Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, now and not in the world. It is not in the world. And so hold us by your spirit, that we may live in the spirit of Jesus Christ. To the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Savior be prepared. Please try. It's wonderful to do. Thank you. I have a few announcements this morning. Uh, first, I would like to reiterate the announcement I made last week and it's in your bulletin this week. Uh, I'm responsible for hosting a visiting choir from the South End on Sea in, in the United Kingdom. And uh, they will be here August 1st through 4th. And I need homes to open up to house their 37 singers all together. And I think I've got about 28 homes, so I still need some more. Uh, and also, I'd like to mention the concert will be at Holy Family because of our construction. It will be at Holy Family on August 2nd, Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. So if you can help with housing or spread the word about the uh, concert, I'd appreciate it. The second announcement I have is um, a, a couple of young people from my uh, Youth for Elizabeth Chorus have become involved in the choir here. One in particular has become extremely zealous, and I, we need to respond to that zeal. Um, she is going to be going to the girls' chorus course at St. Thomas School in New York City next week. She'll spend all week learning about the traditions of the church and the traditional music of the church and singing with um, a whole choir of girls from all around the country. Because she wanted to accomplish her dark blue ribbon Royal School of Church Music. She has worked harder than any student I've ever had to accomplish this. So today, even though they're not wearing their robes, I would like to ask Keisha James to come forward, and I'm going to present the dark blue ribbon for the medal of the Royal School of Church Music.
life and light. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on you in your heart by faith and thanksgiving, knowing that all are welcome at God's table.
those with whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, for you have all share one bread, one power. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Son.